0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts. It's a big day in the NBA. Well, kind of a big day. It's a big day for August in the NBA. The schedules were released for all 30 teams. That means that you get to make this joke that I will now make now. The Blazers are playing 82 games, 41 at home, 41 on the road. Yep, that that's a joke I had to make, legally obligated, so I'm glad I got that out of the way in the first 30 seconds of this podcast. Now we can get down to business. So, um, you challenge me, Michael. You probably call me Mike in your head. Mike, can you do 15 minutes on NBA schedules? Do you have it in you to do 15 minutes of audio content, two full segments on a Blazer schedule release that is kind of meaningless? Hell yeah, I can do that. Don't challenge me. I'm fearless. And so the first two segments, we're going to talk about the Blazers, um, their schedule. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I'll give you everything you need to know in a little bit more. And then uh, in the third segment, there's a little bit of news coming up. Uh, the Blazers unveiled their court for their 50th season. They're playing their 50th season as a franchise this year. They unveiled their throwback court. Um, This is not great for an audio medium. I recognize that, but I will do my best to explain to you what the court looks like, point you in the direction where you can find it, and give you my takes on what a throwback court means for this franchise. But let us start in the world of schedules as promised. For whatever reason, I think the big thing people look at when they're when the, when the NBA schedules first come out, is how many national TV games does my favorite team play? Um, that probably means in some ways, and I don't mean this as an insult, dear listeners and fans of the Blazers, it probably means more to teams in markets like Portland than it does in other places. Because a national TV game is as much about your place in the league as it is about your sort of overall global popularity. Like it, the, the NBA wants to put teams on TV that people will watch. And it sounds like the, the people, at least from the NBA schedule maker's eyes, the people want to watch the Trailblazers. They have 20 national TV games this year. Uh, if you want to score at home, that's 9 on ESPN, 10 on TNT, and 1 on ABC. We'll get to that ABC game later because I that has some real significance to me in terms of popularity. They also play 11 games on NBA TV. I think some people count those as national TV games. And maybe if you live out of the market and have NBA TV, that's useful for you. But if you live in the market, NBA TV... You can't watch it in Portland, so kind of meaningless, so I don't count it among the national TV games when I'm doing the count. So 20 across ABC, ESPN, and TNT. Uh, For comparison's sake, uh, teams in other small-ish markets who are playoff-level good teams, the Spurs only have five national TV games, the Pacers only have six. The Nuggets, you may be familiar with them, they play in Denver, they have 17. Sacramento Kings, they got one. And a team on par with uh, the Blazers in terms of popularity or uh, the way those schedule makers see it. The Pelicans have 20. Zion Williamson is a, a, somebody people want to watch. Um, I've read something today I wish I could give you the source because that's the kind of guy I am and I prefer, I prefer to source these things, that Zion Williamson tripled Duke's year-over-year television ratings. Clearly the NBA is betting that uh, that phenomena carries over to the National Basketball Association from College Counterpart. But like I said, uh, national TV games are maybe a good barometer of how popular your team is on a much larger scale. Um, the Blazers have been pretty good for a number of seasons and haven't really um, been up in this among the the most in the league or whatever in in, in nationally televised games. They have... The uh, eighth most national TV games among NBA teams, so uh, they're maybe getting the shine that you always wish they would, and now you get to watch them with the national announcing crews that won't know your team as well as the local crew, but hey, you can complain about that when the games actually start. Uh, larger picture, and I'm doing a little PR for the league here, I apologize, but I I think it's worth noting. Um, The league on these national TV games has made a a really big effort to bump them up a little bit earlier. Uh, They used to start, at least I'll just do West Coast times, they used to start at 4.30 and... and, uh, excuse me, they used to start at 5 o'clock and and almost always 7.30 out here. So the Blazers tip-offs for West Coast games would be 7.30 and more like TV would be 7.45. So that's like 10.45 on the East Coast. Um, The league has made a huge effort this year. Um, They've reduced the number of those 7.30 West Coast starts by 42% in the national TV games. I think that is in large part because of all the big names that are just in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is going to be... um, you know, even better and stronger this year than the East. I think the gap is, in my opinion, maybe widened even even more. Uh, so they're, you know, the league is is trying to uh, trying to hook up those East Coast viewers, trying to hook up New Yorkers with uh, games that they can they can stay up to watch. So um, you know, congratulations to the NBA for uh, convincing me to read their little bit of PR on there. But I do think it's interesting, and just as um, Let me do like the whiny media thing right here. I hate those 7.30 stars because you get out. They last long with national TV timeouts. And you don't get out of the arena arena till late and then you're tired. So, um, you know, good for your boy Mike. I'll be a little bit less tired. But... Okay, the big one I want to talk about. TNC, ESPN, that, that doesn't really matter. That's fine to me. If you're excited about that, be excited about it. If you don't care about it, don't care about it. I'm not here to sway you. But the NBA has started, um, over the last three years, they've made a move to make these, um, these primetime Saturday ABC games. You know, they've always done these throughout the years. It was like sort of the classic Sunday afternoon matinee where the Lakers would wear whites. On TV throughout um, throughout the 90s and early 2000s. But they've, they've gone with these primetime games where they'll have a, a day uh, a day game on ABC and then a primetime game. They're kind of both in primetime if you live on the other side of the country, but the Blazers got one. And according to Jason Quick of The Athletic, this is the first time in 10 years that the Blazers are going to have an afternoon game on ABC. The last time they had that was April 11th, 2010. Well, 10, 10 years later, that was a uh, the Blazers beat the the Lakers in that game. In case you're curious, but uh, ten years later, March 15th, they do uh, the NBA does these in the spring, kind of after football ends, so they don't have to compete with anything else when they kind of have the sports television audiences uh, eyes. So March 15th, the Blazers are going to play the Rockets, the new look Rockets with James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, um, on a an afternoon matinee game on ABC. Um, t- to me, this is more of a sign. Uh, about wh- where they are in the league than the TNT stuff. Sometimes they just need a West Coast game. Uh, the Moda Center fills up. It's a great thing to put on TNT because it's a full NBA stadium late at night. Uh, that's just good for TV. So the Blazers get picked a lot for those national TV games kind of regardless, sometimes in like not the most compelling matchups. But the ABC game is like, we are going to pick this team because we are going to pick this team because we think they're going to be in the hunt and they're going to have enough star power to make teams want to watch them. So to me... The ABC game is more telling than any of the rest of them. Um, it'll be the Blazers' first home matinee, first home afternoon game since February of 2004. That's also courtesy of Jason Quick with The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. Get this information before I read it to you. So uh, I didn't even live in Portland then. I've lived here for about... Uh, just. I moved here just after that 2004 game, but it'll be my first chance to cover a day game in Portland. I'm excited about it. And like I said, I think it's a better indicator of kind of national interest in anything else. All right, so there you go. That's our first segment on the schedule. And you said, Mike, can you do 15 minutes on the schedule? Yes, I can. And that's why I'm going to come back and do more on the schedule after this. We talk national TV games. In the second segment, I want to talk about some important stretches to look out for the Blazers, kind of how tough their schedule is, and, uh, and what to look forward to when the games start in earnest in October. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys all about Locked On Fantasy Football. That's right. Make sure you're listening to Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you are the same as everyone else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and keep you ahead all season long. That's Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back. We talked a lot about national TV games and what they mean because I think that's the big, like I said, that's the big thing people look at. When they, gra- they get the schedule, they say, how many times are we going to be on national TV? How much respect are they putting on our names? Um, you know, a fair amount. It's never going to be the Lakers. This isn't, the Blazers are never going to be a global brand on the level of the Lakers. But they're certainly getting the respect from the schedule makers. So enough about respect. Let's talk about the nitty gritty the actual games. Uh, the NBA has been over the last like five seasons making a big effort to reduce uh, the amount of stress on players via travel and how often they play. They've uh, they've reduced back to backs to an all time low for the fifth straight season. This is more. Uh, NBA PR that I'm just giving away for free. But teams will play an average of 14 back-to-backs in the 2019-20 season. That's down 36% from 2014-15 when it was about 19 per team. And it's about 7% from last year. The Blazers are right at league average. They're playing 13 back-to-backs this season. I'm not going to read you out all the the series of back to backs, so I'll, I'll spare you there. But I do think it's important that the league does reduce that. Um, maybe it makes it keeps guys out on the road a little bit longer, which maybe they don't enjoy. But less back to backs uh, on the road are um, are just better. It, you just have a it, it helps those road teams gives them a better chance to win. Uh, Blazers have one home back to back this year, home and home back to back. They had two of them last year, but that's enough about back to backs. I think the other maybe sort of big takeaway from the Blazers and, and in the rest category is that the Blazers no longer travel the most miles of any team this year. If you can believe it or not, Utah Jazz have surpassed them. The Blazers are, have dropped down to fourth. That's courtesy of Ed Kupfer on Twitter. He he mapped out the schedules right away. My man must have um, some... A really good algorithm on his computer because he turned he that out pretty quickly. Uh, it's not a significantly less than the Jazz. It's 1,200 miles less over there or about 1,000 miles less over the course of the season. But the Blazers almost always lead the league in miles travel. So anytime that they're not at the absolute top, I think it's important. The other thing, I guess, to know when you look at the Blazers' schedule is that it starts out pretty difficult. 13 of the first 18 are away from home, uh, which includes a uh, six-game road trip matching their longest of the year right before Thanksgiving. And, and, and that road trip is uh, pretty daunting, at, le- at least for an early season trip. It's at San Antonio, at Houston, at New Orleans, at Milwaukee, at Cleveland, at Chicago. And then they come back for, uh, for the week. That's the week of Thanksgiving. I think in general, it's probably better to have your tougher schedule or quote-unquote tougher schedule not right away, not right out of the gate. Like sometime in the in the post Christmas, uh, pre All Star break schedule stretch. But I do think there is some value uh, that the Blazers have a a fairly easy or relatively, I should say, relatively easy post-All-Star break schedule, according to Jared Dubin on Twitter, and he uh, took the sort of Vegas over-unders and ranked team strength of schedule based on per, uh, opponents projected win-loss records this year. So the Blazers have the fourth hardest pre-break schedule based on those Vegas over-under lines and the sixth easiest post-All-Star break schedule. And I, I think that's really meaningful um, j- for this team and the way they, they're they sort of constructed. The, the past... A few seasons the blazers have really sort of taken off in that March and April after the all-star break season uh, last year they were 19 and six after the all-star break um, and and that includes going 10 and five in March uh, in in 2017 18 they went 12 and three in March in 2016 17 13 and three in March they've kind of saved their seasons pretty often in this post all-star break push right out of the break and March again this year is relatively easy for them. Uh, Starts off with um, a couple tough East Coast road games, but then you get a homestand against Sacramento, Phoenix, Memphis, Houston, Minnesota, and Dallas. Um, I don't think other than Houston, many of those teams are going to be playoff-type, playoff-caliber teams. And then they go on... During this same stretch, they go on a six-game six game road trip. This is their second six-gamer of the season. But it's Minnesota, Charlotte, Detroit, Boston, Philly, and Brooklyn. Uh, you could pretty much chalk up Philly and Brooklyn as losses at the end of that trip. But it starts off with winnable games on the road, Minnesota, Charlotte, Detroit. I mean, that's you couldn't ask for much more when you're talking about a late-season, long trip. Uh, I think... I think I think March, they've made their hay in March, and I think the schedule is setting up for them to make their hay in March again. Uh, and then after March, like the end of March and heading into April, the, the, the season really, um, really kind of softens up for them at the end. They play good teams, but they play them in the Moda Center. So 11 of the Blazers' final 18 games are at home, kind of bounces out that brutal uh, start to the year, including five of their last six. It's a pretty good push. It's a pretty good deal. Um, I don't... We'll see where they are after they open up with that really road-heavy start where they can find themselves, but if they can be where they've been and that's right in the mix, heading down the stretch, heading into the final month, final six weeks of the the season, they're yet again set up to make their push. And it's kind of been their signature move is to hang around, hang around, or even struggle in January if you're dating back a couple seasons ago. And then... Make that push in March and April. Make that post All Star break push. Be one of the best teams in the league heading into the playoffs. Record wise, um, last year you know they rode that nineteen and six finish to the Western Conference Finals. I, you know, previous years you would have pointed and said it doesn't really matter, but uh, there's a different data point. I guess people are pointing to now. So I, I think the I think the schedule sets up nice for them. Um, but like I, like I joked at the beginning, every team has tough stretches. Every team has easy stretches. Um, it kind of just depends on when you're healthy and who you play. Uh, one advantage to playing bad teams at the end of the year is that the NBA has a tanking problem. And so eight teams in the league will be actively trying to lose. So getting some bad teams um, at the end of the season like the Blazers do during that March stretch I highlighted, those teams might be actively trying to lose games in March. That's good for a team trying to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, other little schedule quirk before we shift gears a little bit, Blazers only play the Lakers three times, only play the Clippers three times, and the only time they play the Clippers in Portland is the final game of the regular season. Seems like the Clip- we might not get to see, the Portland fans locally might not get to see the uh, Kawhi Leonard-Paul George duo play together in Portland this season. They might have to wait for the playoffs or for the 2020-2021 season. Alright, in the third segment, I wanna talk about the Blazers' season opening game. Not that they're gonna be playing the Denver Nuggets on October 23rd at the Moda Center, but what surface they're gonna be playing on. That's right. The Blazers unveiled a new throwback court today that they're gonna use for every home game this season. I'm gonna tell you guys about that in the third segment. But before I do that, I wanna tell you about locked on NFL. The new Lockdown NFL is on fire, y'all. Last week, it was one of the most listened-to NFL shows in the podcast universe. It's got expert analysis of, with former NFL scout Matt Williamson, hosted by Brian Peacock. It's your daily national podcast on all things NFL. So follow Lockdown NFL on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back. Still Lockdown Blazers, still Mike Richmond. Like I said, y'all, you, think I, you thought I couldn't do it. You thought I couldn't do two segments on the... Uh, on the schedule but I did it I did two great segments and you uh, you lasted through them to make it into segment 3 and what we're talking about segment 3 is aesthetics that's right we're talking about NBA aesthetics no games no stats no nothing we're just going to talk about what stuff looks like and the Blazers unveiled um, a pretty cool new thing today. It's their 50th season. Um, you will hear tons about that. They're going to do lots of little things to celebrate their 50th season in the league. Uh, they're likely going to wear a, jer- a little jersey patch to commemorate it. They've got a a 5 with the 0 as the pinwheel logo that they're going to be um, busting out a whole bunch of. But in addition to that, the big thing that they unveiled today is a court. The floor that they're going to play on. They are going to, for all 41 home games at the Motor Center this season, they are going to play on this new court, which is actually their old court, except they just sanded it down and repainted it because this is Portland, y'all, and we love to recycle. But the new court features a lot of things I think you will like. Uh, it's got the white keys reminiscent of the uh, of the sort of 1970s early teams uh, with, the, with the red arc just above the uh, free throw line uh you've got that blazer red outline of the cord and and a light hardwood um white hardwood interior uh there's no like tone difference in the tone of the hardwood inside the three-point line outside three-point like they had in the old motor center we just got one flat hardwood color down except for the the parts that are in the key Uh, and and you've got the trailblazers throwback fonts that are very reminiscent of the blazers of the seventies. This, that sort of all lowercase rounded font that you'll remember from the, uh, the Bill Walton uh, and even Sidney wicks. If you go back far enough uh, blazers uh, Portland on one end, trailblazers on the other. And then on the, uh, the side of the court, that's going to be on the media side, not where the benches are. It says rip city, EST 1970. Uh, what you do get to make it a modern court is the corporate logo. Moda center painted right there on the floor. I don't know how you all feel about that. That um, to me, it's meaningless. But if you feel like uh, Moda, feel like Moto kind of takes away from the uh, from the throwbackness of it, I wouldn't blame you. Um, here are my quick thoughts. Other teams do throwbacks for um, specific nights. The Indiana Pacers, the Sacramento Kings, and the. Golden State Warriors. There might be other teams, but off the top of my head, three teams I definitely have watched play on throwback courts. The Kings build an entire light blue kind of uh, Kansas City Monarchs, Kansas City Kings um, old throwback court for a handful of games, five or six game, home games a year. The Warriors have done it. They're they're the town Jersey Knights. They they put the big Oakland tree. Uh, part of that was because they were stealing the team from Oakland. They wanted to give a shout out to the city before they ran uh, – San Francisco, and um, the Pacers did it for sort of Heritage Night for basketballs grown here in Indiana. Part of their branding, I kind of would have liked to see the Blazers do that. I kind of would have liked to see them instead of going one court all year long. And I don't know the logistics of it. I'm not. I'm not someone who does these big events. I um, I am a beat writer and a podcaster, not a uh, large event entertainer, or certainly not an MC. Shout out to my dude Todd Bosna, Bosma, but. Um, I would have liked them to see them do this throwback court a couple times coupled with throwback jerseys. I imagine the Blazers, we have not, they have not unveiled anything, but I imagine the Blazers have petitioned the league for what they call a historic jersey. A la, the uh pinstripe one the Charlotte Hornets wore last year. I kinda think it would be more fun if this court was a special court that you got to see, you know, seven times a year at home, or even half the games, 20 times a year at home. Uh I don't think it takes away from it necessarily making it for all 41 home games and the, and the preseason games, but I, I think it would have been cooler if there were multiple looks. Um, I have pitched this to low level blazer employees for years and they have said, yeah, cool idea, Mike. Um, haven't really, haven't really got it bounced up the chain very high. Um, but you know, I'll keep trying. I'll start here on this podcast or I'll continue here in this podcast and, uh, maybe we'll gain a little bit of momentum, but I, I think the court is cool. I think there's going to be more cool stuff for the 50th season. Um, And the first chance you'll get to see it is the Blazers start their preseason schedule in in, uh, early October, October 8th, I believe, against the Denver Nuggets at Veteran Memorial Coliseum, where they used to play back in the day. So you get to see that throwback court and a throwback building in a game that does not matter. But after that, you'll get to see it opening night, October 23rd, when the Blazers host the Denver Nuggets. I didn't talk about that game because – Leading up to the season, I'm going to have to talk about that game a lot. And listen, it's only August. We don't need to talk about the games in August. In August, we need to talk about scheduling quirks and aesthetics. And that's what I gave to you all today. And I really appreciate you listening. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can get this podcast wherever they already get podcasts. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Himalaya app. Appreciate you guys rocking with me. I'll talk to you real soon.